this week on Pep Talk. I could just keep talking to you forever because I just, I think you've got so much knowledge. So I'm Anna, I'm the founder of Fills. We aim to reduce single-use waste in the bathroom and we offer a range of refillable basics, so shampoo, conditioner, body wash and hand wash. With my first business, it was a great product, but it didn't really have a point of difference. And when you're competing against, you know, these huge, huge makeup brands, it was just virtually impossible to get any visibility. Thank you so much for being very honest about your early days. I think a lot of people listening will get a lot from that. If you went back and did it again, what would you do differently? Do you know what? I don't think, honestly, I don't think I would have done anything differently. Sometimes the mistakes you've made have brought you to this brilliant place you are today. The, the bad luck is good luck. You really do need to make those mistakes in, on, like, running a business. What an amazing story, Anna. Oh, that's so nice. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Our mission is to help 10 million people start and grow a business for free. We want nothing from you. In Pep Talk, we interview industry-leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how and life lessons. That's why we're excited to partner with GoDaddy to power up Pep Talk. I've been using GoDaddy for years and would promote them on this podcast even if they didn't sponsor us. You can use their free website builder and start your online business at no cost and even get help these days with naming your business. For 40% off GoDaddy tools, click the link in the podcast notes below and use the code GDXPEPTALK. Welcome, Anna, to the podcast. Perhaps we could start off by you kindly introducing who you are and what your business does to our audience. Yes. Hi, everyone. So I'm Anna. I uh, am the founder of Phil's. So Phil's is a uh, beauty and personal care brand that um, we aim to reduce single-use waste um, in the bathroom and our beauty and personal care routines. And we offer a range of uh, refillable basics at the moment. So shampoo, conditioner, body wash and hand wash um, in refillable and reusable packaging. 99% um, natural formulas. My background, I have been in the beauty industry for uh, over 15 years. And I've worked for some of the biggest uh, D2C brands, predominantly in makeup. So I started my career as a makeup artist, uh, then went into more global roles um, within the companies that I worked for before starting a business. Uh, and I've been on this entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey for around three years now. Yeah, and got a lot a lot more wrinkles because of it. <laughs> <laughs> So take us back to three years ago, you know, you're working, I was reading at another cosmetic company and you said, yes. right, I, I, I want to build this business. How did you quit? How did it happen? What was the process? So I always wanted to start a business and I actually set up a vegan lipstick brand first prior to setting up Phil's. Um, and it was around 2018. I, I always knew I wanted to start a business and behind the scenes, I was working on this, this business idea. Um, we'd built a platform for it on Instagram. We had around 20,000 followers. Um, and the idea was to convert that platform into a brand, uh, eventually. So I'd started to speak to I don't know how I started to kind of get involved in the product development side of things. I think I just decided, you know what, now's the time. If I'm going to do this, I need to do it now. You know, I was like, what, 33 at the time. Um, and I found a 
supplier started speaking to some suppliers wanted to create this this vegan lipstick brand um and basically set about kind of creating that whilst i was at the brand i was working at um so the idea for this vegan lipstick brand was yeah vegan lipsticks it was actually inspired by the kind of disco era complete polar opposite to what i'm doing now with phil's um, and it was a beautiful, beautiful brand. Um, I worked with the leading uh, manufacturer to create the product. And um, we launched in September 2018. And at that time, the makeup boom in the industry and kind of the the skincare boom was kind of just beginning in the beauty industry. But the makeup boom, it had become so, so saturated. There was like this rise of Instagram influencers all launching brands, like every single celebrity, you know, had a brand at that point. And I think I really, well, I did, I really underestimated how much it would take to actually market a brand. I think launching a brand, I think if you've got that creative um, part of your personality and, you know, you enjoy creating things, I think creating a brand is actually quite easy. The hardest bit is what you do afterwards. And, you know, whilst I'd had a ton of experience in product development with the brand that I'd worked for, you know, I had experience in trend forecasting, you know, really kind of um, scoping out what was coming next in the beauty industry. I knew how to sell a product. When it came to launching a product and selling it online, I literally had no clue. I didn't, I really underestimated the amount of money that I'd need for marketing underestimated the competition so it was a really great launch we had some great press around it the formula itself was absolutely amazing the branding was beautiful but long and short of it was I basically didn't have enough money to keep the brand running so I invested about 50 grand of well probably more than that um into that that company um and within about six to eight months I'd completely run out of money um I found it very difficult to raise money for that I think it wasn't necessarily unique. Um, it was a great product. It was vegan, um, but it didn't really have a point of difference. And when you're competing against, you know, these huge, huge makeup brands, it was just virtually impossible to get any visibility. So um, I kind of kept that running for probably around a year. And do you know on that? It was a really that was a really really tough journey because I kind of had this you know, I'd, I'd left a really incredible global role with a great salary to launch in this company. And, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, you're always, or when you launch a business, I think you're always like super, super optimistic, right? You're like, I love this product. Everyone else is going to love it. Everyone's going to buy it. And that's really just not the case. There's so much more that goes into launching a product, running a business. Um, and I just wasn't prepared for that at all. So, um, I, I was kind of like a year I kept that going and it was literally like pushing, you know, it was a real, real uphill struggle. And, um, in, uh, 2019, I ended up joining at the end of that year, the NatWest Accelerator, which was a real turning point for me. Um, so I actually went in and at the time the idea for Phil's was kind of bubbling up in the background. And I think, I did a bit of a lot of soul searching that year. Like, you know, I'd started to kind of like get into the 
kind of, do you know what? I'm a very quick learner, me. So if I've done something wrong, you know, I, I really do reflect on it. And I think, right, okay, what went wrong there? How can I, you know, turn this around? You know, what are the learnings from this? I don't really, I'm not the sort of person that is knocked back and doesn't get back up. You know, I was like, right, okay, what's the next step? I didn't want to go back into a corporate role. I knew that I was on this business journey, that I had to move forward with it. And I had kind of had the idea for Phil's because behind the scenes, like I live a quite, I live a fairly low impact lifestyle. So I've always shopped in zero waste stores um, before they were a thing. I've always shopped on eBay, Depop, you know, bought a lot of my stuff secondhand. And I was always really mindful of the level of consumption within the beauty industry. I mean, it's absolutely shocking when you work for these brands and the beauty industry is heavily led by a trend like the fashion industry. So you have a trend, it's in one minute, it's out the next. And these brands put, you know, thousands, like hundreds of thousands of pounds behind these collections, they launch them. And then, you know, I mean, in this collection, you know, for instance, there might be like a black lipstick, you know, whatever. I mean, who's going to wear black lipstick, you know, and where does that product go? You know, it's created, it usually goes to landfill and, um, or it's sold off. So, you know, when you, are when you work in the beauty industry, there's many ugly sides to the beauty industry and that's like a big part of it. And it was just a bit shocking, like how there was, there was a lot of like the whole kind of plastic problem had really started to come to the forefront. Um, when I was kind of thinking about this idea, but nobody seemed to be talking about the beauty industry. It was all about, you know, the food and beverage industry. They were really coming under fire. You know, the fashion industry had started to come under fire for that for its contribution to global global warming. But the beauty industry kind of like slipped under the net a little bit. And I was like, oh my God, guys, you know, it's one of the worst industries for waste, right? And, you know, even, you know, the statistics for like bathroom waste, a lot of people don't recycle bathroom waste because it's inconvenient. So, um, yeah, the idea fulfills, it was kind of quite obvious, to be honest. And I was just so fed up myself of like throwing out plastic bottles consistently from my bathroom. And um, really, you know, obviously wanted to solve that problem. And I think part of it as well, when I was actually in development for the first brand, I really was trying to make the packaging as sustainable as possible. And there was virtually no options for sustainable packaging. I mean, I'll be honest, like three years later, there's still not, um, you know, there's still a long way to go. And um, I knew that if I wanted to kind of launch a brand, it would have to be a brand that contributed to the change and not to the problem. Um, so anyway, long story long, uh, we launched, I launched, um, ended up pivoting whilst I was in the NatWest Accelerator. And that kind of gave me the confidence to really put a deck together and, you know, uh, gave me the know-how to, to, to put a, a pitch deck together. So I, I remember saying to my mentor, look, I've got this, I've got this other idea. I, I just know, you know, my, my first brand, I said, it's just dead in the water. Um, I don't feel as passionate about that idea. I feel like I really want to do something that is, is, is meaningful to kind of impact my industry in a, in a, in a positive way. And um, I put a, a deck together. I designed the product myself. I got some samples made. I mean, the branding was absolutely awful. But I went out and I basically raised some money 
uh, from a group of angel investors, around 75,000 to basically bring it to market off that deck within like two months. Amazing. And yeah, so the early, the, the kind of early products for Phil's, well, it was, we were actually launched under a different name. So it was very much like an MVP. And I just wanted to kind of see, you know, if customers would buy into this concept um, of refillable beauty. And uh, yeah, we launched, I think it was late, um, like late 2019, early 2020, uh, just at the start of COVID. And yeah, just basically things, you know, really took off. You know, we were, the, the pandemic affected us in positive, good and bad ways, uh, but we really saw, you know, a huge demand for the product. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it how it all started. What an amazing story, Anna. I just want to say up front, thank you so much for being very honest about your early days and, and the process you went through. I think a lot of people listening will, uh, really get a lot from that and I yeah. think we all talk about how it's good to fail but no one actually likes to talk about their failures and the yeah. fact that you're being so open about how much money you put in and you're you're you know one yeah. year of pushing it to keep it going there's a couple of really yeah. important things that you said there that I think you know people listening I don't want them to miss and what the thing mm -hmm. I really took from it uh, from your amazing uh, honest insight is purpose right you you, yeah. you didn't feel the same love or 100%. that particular product that you do today fulfills and and how much that can drive you and of course uh, make the business work and so I think that's really important for people listening out there perhaps they see a market gap because you were in research before right you saw a market gap but that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work because you're not personally passionate about it and mm. I would also just like to say for the listeners listening you know you're quite humble you you are actually you you, you are the pioneer in this business you're one of the first reusable refillable personal care models mm -hmm director door in the uk you have pioneered yeah. that market you are the market mm. leader and and that has come in two years and mm. so you know there's plenty of time to change direction for people that are running a business they don't love yeah. and there's plenty yeah. of time to recoup the loss that you made in that valuable failure mm. right yeah absolutely i mean it was i'm not gonna lie it was really painful because you know i'd spent like 15 years in the makeup industry and I was like oh my god like I couldn't even how how did this not work you know I've got so much experience in the makeup industry you know and the product itself was absolutely beautiful I mean it was literally I went to the top makeup manufacturer in Italy it was stunning I mean literally I'm still like I've stockpiled a ton of it <laughs> I'm still wearing it to this day <laughs> love that I love that by the way I think I think that's another thing about failure. I, I did a comic book business and lost a million US dollars in it, but I still have that comic book on my desk and I enjoy reading it and I'm very proud of the of the failure. That's the interesting thing about trying something, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's so true. Like I, I'll, I'll be honest, I really don't regret a single moment of that journey. Um, obviously, if I had a crystal ball, I mean, there's so many things that you think, oh God, I did that a bit differently. But to be honest, it led, 100% led me to where I am now. It really, really did. And, you know, had I have not had that business, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have kind of progressed to get on the NatWest Accelerator. That was kind of, I'll be honest, the NatWest Accelerator was literally where things really started to happen for me. You know, it was surrounded by other entrepreneurs that were going through the same journey. It was an amazing, amazing community. My mentor was amazing. She was like this scouse bird from Liverpool who was just like amazing, like, you know, really kind of tough, but, you know, kind of knew exactly what 
you know, how to guide me and how to kind of coach me and get the best out of me. And um, yeah, that was that was kind of where it happened. And I wouldn't have I wouldn't have kind of got to that stage had I have not started the first business. So it is it's it's very much a journey. And you know, I think don't get me wrong, I'm still on that journey now. You know, we're still a very early stage business. Um, you know, that comes with you know an entirely new set of problems you know we've raised money we're we're selling a product but um yeah i am i am proud in a way of of, of the journey that i've had and i'm glad that it's not been straightforward you know no, because that's I exactly think, right i think that's another insight for people listening who are thinking of starting a business um sometimes it is it is about the journey what the way i look at what you what you're explaining is you know you've invested fifty thousand in an education yeah you, you, you know, that one year was an education, like you've come from institutional structures that perhaps um, gave you enough knowledge that you yeah. were useful inside those structures, but weren't Absolutely. necessarily ready to start your own business. That first year is just training. Yeah, it you is. Happened to invest. And you know what? It's in, so uh, in, in a product. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of people should do that. You know, like you never regret yeah. what you, you only know, regret what you don't do in life. Right. You ne never regret yeah. that experience because you also now your present business is stronger because of it. Yeah, and Absolutely. I just want to take a moment to thank Taylor Brands for sponsoring this podcast. Have you ever been told you can easily start a business that will make money while you sleep, only to realize it takes a ton of work to get a business started? Taylor Brands makes starting a business easy. With its AI-powered platform, you can get your business a logo, social media designs, printed merchandise, and so much more, all in just a few clicks. That's why I love Taylor Brands. Whatever your idea is, you can make it look legit in a day and actually start selling through the Taylor Brands platform. For 40% off your first order, check out the links in the podcast notes below and use the code PEP. Now, let's get back to the podcast. The other thing I would just like to highlight, by the way, a lot of people are quite negative about accelerators today. And I, I love it when I hear that they, they've helped someone. And, and, and I think a lot yeah. of the time, these corporate accelerators in particular get a bad rap. And yeah. for anyone listening, you know, I think with accelerators, and I'd love your opinion on this too, of course, is, is that you've got to go in there with knowing what you want from these accelerators. And, and, and don't expect them to run your business for you. And don't mm -hmm. expect them mm -hmm. to make your business work. But there are brilliant mentors in programs like the NetWest Accelerators, yeah. you've just described. Yeah. who can yeah. literally help you realize hey that business you had before that's not working let it go no problem yeah and sometimes yeah. we need to be told that right by by an experienced yeah. entrepreneur yeah absolutely i mean i honestly i think the thing is as well is it's always what you make of it i'm i am that's another thing i'm very good at and i think that's i mean i'm sure we'll talk about it later but that's something that i think as an entrepreneur you have to be able to see possibilities and see an opportunity where other people can't. And I make opportunities for myself. I don't allow them to come to me and make them. And, um, you know, I could have easily gone in there and kind of sat and trundled along with my first business for another year. Um, but I didn't, you know, I, I went to my mentor and said, look, what do you think about this? You know, and there is an element of obviously she's going to de-risk it a little bit for me and kind of talk through the risks but ultimately you know it's 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 all down to you um and I, d I definitely think it's what you make of it you know I really really worked hard to make connections there and speak to other entrepreneurs and and you know figure out um you know where they were on their journey how they might be able to help me how I might be able to help them yeah it was a very very positive experience I'd highly recommend highly recommend it and I have recommended it to a lot of people 
Yeah, and I think again for people listening, I mean, accelerators—you just got to know what that accelerator offers and make sure that it matches yeah. and have aligned Absolutely. expectations. Can we talk for a second about building a brand? Now you've built an incredible brand in two years, and yes. I wondered what your thoughts were. People listening that want to build a brand, and yes. so you mentioned something just a moment ago about having to rebrand. So yes. talk us a little bit through why you had to rebrand and a little bit about building a brand. So with my with my first business, like just going back to that again. So I literally spent so much time on getting the branding right, on the aesthetic of the brand. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, with when I started Phil's previously, the Conscious Beauty Company, I literally was like, Do you know what? It doesn't really matter if the branding is spot on because people are going to buy the product or they're not, you know, spending an absolute fortune on, you know, an amazing, you know, a, a, a brand kind of experience, you know, is it really that important? I kind of went the complete, like the opposite way to where I'd gone with my first brand. So as I said, I actually designed the packaging myself more or less. I mean, I had a, a, a designer to help me um, off Upwork by the way, Upwork, if you're starting a business and these kind of platforms, Upwork, Fiverr, I highly recommend them. Um, really, really great to kind of source freelancers at great rates to help you build your idea. So anyway, I was working with a designer there. We put together this like super basic branding. I mean, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe anyone actually bought that. But they did. Like, you know, we, as I said, we started the brand um, like early 2020 and by like, February, March, we were probably doing about five, six grand a month in sales, which doesn't sound like a lot, but considering we were, I mean, we were spending like a grand a month on marketing. So our return on, you know, our, our ROAS was absolutely amazing. Um, and, you know, it was proof to me that people really did want to buy into this concept. I think, you know, COVID kind of highlighted the damage that we were doing to the planet. So everyone was like thinking about more sustainable solutions, but so yeah, so the, the branding to me, I knew that it wasn't 100%, I wasn't 100% proud of it, right? It was kind of going out to customers and customers loved it. I mean, the feedback, we were getting like five-star reviews, people loved the concept, they loved the bottles, etc. But I knew that if we wanted to really elevate the brand and stand out, that we needed to elevate, we, we needed to basically go to a branding agency and have a branding agency design this this thing for us. So what I'm trying to say is from the first brand, you know, I kind of um, I kind of shied away from actually bringing in a branding agency and getting the branding spot on for uh, the Conscious Beauty Company. And actually I wish that I did, I had done that because we started the process to rebranding in the June and what I thought would literally be like a three-month exercise, you know, I thought, right, we'll be done and dusted before the end of this year. It actually took a year to, to do the rebrand. Um, but, yeah, the, re the rebrand, it was actually influenced by um, a trademark dispute. So it was a bit of a happy accident, really, because I knew that, like I said, I knew we needed to rebrand because the product, for instance, you know, if you're trying to market a product digitally, and you're using something like Google Shopping, you know, your product really needs to stand out in a carousel of a million other brands, right? So I knew that in order to be more visible, we needed to do that. I knew if we wanted to get into retail, we needed something that was was more eye-catching. 
Um, and we had a dispute. We tried to register the Conscious Beauty Company as a trademark um, and ended up getting it, re- getting a rejection. So we knew we needed to change the name anyway. So I was like, right, we literally, it's quite easy to come to the name Phil's, to be honest. I'll be honest, maybe it was a bit lazy. I was like, Phil's, refill. It's actually a brilliant name, by it. the way. F-I-I-L-S yeah. as well. That yeah. helps your trademark because it's not a word that's in the dictionary. You kind of kind of Google model, right? Create a word as opposed to try to use an existing word. Yeah, But just exactly. to say, for listeners listening, you, you just highlighted something that's really a big mistake that a lot of people make when building a business. They don't check if the name they've come up with is trademark yeah, exactly. registered already to someone yeah. else. And you can just, it's free. You can just go online and check. Yeah. And if it's registered yeah. to someone else and they're using it, the chances are yeah. that you will have a problem at some point in the business that could cause you major issues. If you And rebranding, yeah. as you say, is a year. But also you have to go and rechange all the, in your case, probably even the bottles themselves, right, with all the yeah. uh, markings. And so yeah, yeah. it's definitely something people should know up front to have a little think about. And we're not talking about necessarily brand creation. We're talking about name protection. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, exactly. it's a really good good highlight you brought there. But so then, the, and I, and by the way, also I agree with you. I think some of these um, we were actually sponsored by Taylor Brands, and and so mm-hmm. I, I just love these systems that allow you to design a brand at a reasonable cost and yeah. get you up and running. But the trademark thing is different. The trademark thing costs mm. nothing to go and check, and yes, yeah. you can then use uh, uh, platforms like Taylor Brands to go then design your brand. But your branding design, which can take a year, as you said, yeah. but that's very yeah. different to actually owning the trademark. Which so it's a very important yeah. lesson there you've you've you've, you've uncovered that i don't yeah, want people absolutely. to miss yeah yeah i mean 100 percent. i think check check that the name's available for sure i mean we're trying to register it in other countries now as well so uh we've had a rejection from uh china mm. which is if you manufacture or make anything in china then they do recommend that you actually register it there yeah. um so we're kind of going through that process now of, of seeing what we can do but i mean 100 percent. if you if you if you're starting a brand definitely is worth checking the name first and that is the problem with names by the way everyone's already got a name the thing is i think definitely yeah. have the trademark in the market that you're taking income in yeah absolutely. so that's actually the the differential yeah. I, I of course yeah. you eventually and your brand's blowing up and you're doing so yeah. well yeah. you need to start yeah. thinking about international trademarking but it's not absolutely. about suing someone that's using your name it's about protecting yourself from someone else suing you yeah exactly and so, yeah. yeah yeah but i mean china yeah. it's interesting with the manufacturing angle but china registers everything right that's just one of those markets yeah. that almost yeah. like cyber yeah. squatting the old, yeah old absolutely well, that's what they do, don't they? And then they basically demand, you know, a ton of money for you to buy your bloody trademark back off them. So it's, right. you know. But that's part of doing business, I guess. But having Absolutely. the trademark in your market that you're taking yes, income in really is important. crucial. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Crucial. So, so at the end of the trademark, at the end of the trademark thing, so you, you get the trademark sorted out and then you, you, you basically do a new brand. And yeah. do you think there was in the branding process, there was any particular thing that you felt was crucial in the branding process that stands out worth sharing with, with our audience? What I would say, number one, is don't. So I did eventually succumb and I was like, like I said, I've used, I've actually been super scrapper with, with this business. I've always used like, you know, um, Upwork, Fiverr, all these websites to basically find designers uh, to work with for, for reasonable rates. But then I knew for this whole branding exercise, we really needed to bring in an agency. And you will get quoted ridiculous amounts for a branding rebrand. I mean, I was literally, I fell off my chair. I was like, 
50 grand. I, for I a used to own a branding agency, so I know. We, we used to charge you know, half a million pounds for some branding. Really? Projects. Yeah. Oh, so, my yeah. goodness. Well, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> but for a startup, I mean, this is the problem. You know, obviously, we're a startup. You know, I knew what my budget was. Um, what was really good at that time, to be honest, is we, because our, because our sales went through the roof because of COVID, we were, we, we, we needed to order more stock. So we ended up getting a government bounce back loan, which was amazing at the time because, you know, we used part of that to do a rebrand. And I actually worked with the most incredible agency. Um, they, they were just kind of starting out, you know, their whole USP was kind of affordable rebranding for startups. And the whole process was amazing. You know, we had around three or four concepts. Um, and the, I mean, it is, it's, it's, I think, I think when you, when you, when you're doing a rebrand, you know, you really need to go with what you really like, I think as a founder as well, you know, I think it's important to be really passionate and, and confident about the product that you're putting out into the market. Especially if you're the demographic, by the way, I think that, you know, yeah, in this absolutely. case, you are the demographic that you're targeting. Yeah. So that makes yeah, total absolutely. sense, doesn't it? When it comes to branding, if it appeals to yeah. you and yeah. you are the target demographic, that's that's yeah. that that makes total sense. I think sometimes people yeah. do create brands that they like that aren't necessarily good for the audience that they're targeting. So it's just getting yeah, those two absolutely. aligned. Well, that was that was what I was was coming on to next was that the the most important thing was for us to really utilize a lot of the data that we'd collected from this this the Conscious Beauty Company this like you know six month MVP period to really kind of dive into who our ideal customer was and really base the rebrand around that. So, you know, we use Google Analytics, um, Facebook at the time to figure out, you know, where our customers shopped, you know, um, you know, their age, what cities they lived in, et cetera. And we kind of put this buyer persona together for, for that person. Um, and that really did influence a lot of, a lot of what we did. I think that's another great insight for people. Your data-driven yeah. branding is 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 basically what you're talking about there lead yeah, by absolutely. what the data tells you as opposed to what perhaps yeah. you think you you, yeah. you know about your customers yeah. yeah absolutely so i mean you know i say that we should have done the branding i guess when we launched the brand but actually it was probably a good thing we did it six months down the line because we had all of this data you know to to really figure out right okay who are we designing this for so that was really interesting. I mean, I'll be honest, we are still refining the buyer persona now because, I mean, you know, when we eventually got round to launching fills, so much had changed within the market. So, right. you know, there was more competition. You know, obviously we've had all these changes with Facebook, iOS, the whole kind of digital advertising landscape has completely changed. So I think your buyer persona, you do refine that a lot along the journey anyway. Um, For sure. Yeah. And I think... Um, the other thing from the rebrand that I would say I really underestimated, even the concept of changing a name was really difficult because we were actually getting, with the Conscious Beauty Company, we were getting a load of really cheap traffic on Google. Um, we were getting a ton of conversions off this the, the actual Conscious Beauty keyword. Um, when we switched to Phil's, you know, not only are you trying to build up the SEO presence again for this new brand name, but also, you know, we were, were bidding on, you know, highly, more highly competitive keywords. We've kind of lost that, that golden nugget. Um, and we had to start everything all over again. You know, we had to, you know, d redesign our website again. You know, we had to uh, really build up our, our SEO, as I've said. 
uh, and the kind of online presence fulfills. So it's a lot harder than I than I anticipated, to be honest. It's another great insight, I think. I don't want people to miss this. I, mean, I, I guess there's probably a hybrid between your first company and this second company, a, a middle ground where you, yeah. you, you launch, but you perhaps have at least the right name in place at the beginning. Yeah, and then absolutely. And then you can build it up over time. But, yeah, uh, But yeah, and I, I could talk to you forever. I, I absolutely love your, your story. I know, sorry, we're literally like super. No, no, um, it's, um, we, we, we promised people um, a 20 minute, uh, a quick insight and uh, and I could just keep talking to you forever because I just yeah, I think yeah. you've got so much knowledge we'll have to have you come back on and yes. and share share more of your your insights and your story but just yeah, to close yeah. the podcast maybe I could ask you one final question I, I was really interested if you went back and did it again mm. what would you do differently I mean as I've said I don't regret anything that I've done it's kind of led me to this 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 you know journey that I'm on now um it's a bit of a tough one that to be to be completely honest i think i would have done it do you know what i don't think honestly i don't think i would have done anything differently i mean maybe that's no i love you that. know but this i don't is, think this, i would have no i wouldn't this is, have this is such a great another great insight you leave the audience with right at the end which yeah. is sometimes the mistakes you've made have brought you to this brilliant place you are today the, the bad the luck is good have. luck it makes you, it makes you tougher and it, it builds yeah. resilience as well um and i think you really do need to make those mistakes in on yeah. like running a business yeah. because it really really does i think i think the biggest thing i would say though is you've got to learn fast you know you can't yes. you know you can't kind of sit on something um for too long Again, that's that's why we're, why we're doing this podcast as well, because yeah. there are some mistakes you don't need to repeat. You just need to listen to an entrepreneur that's learned from that mistake yeah, to save you absolutely. the time and trouble, like this branding conversation we're having now. You know, yeah, it can absolutely. actually save people a lot of pain, but you've already been through it, so they don't need to. Yeah, and yeah so, absolutely. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. No, but but I, I, I hear you. And, 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 and again, thank you on behalf of the planet for doing what you're doing. Oh, my and, gosh. And, and as someone with a four-year-old, um, I think businesses yeah. like yours are going to save yeah. the planet for my son. So I appreciate you and what you're doing. Oh, that's so nice. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> well, it's how I feel. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I really am grateful that you've taken the time out to come yeah. and tell us your story and share your knowledge with our community. All of Anna's links to her businesses and are down below. Perhaps go and say hello on her social media or make a comment or give a like. It doesn't cost anything and just support the wonderful mission that Anna is on. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. Thank you, Simon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Pep Talk. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow The Purposeful Project on all our social media channels where we're giving away even more free business secrets and entrepreneurial value. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor GoDaddy for powering this podcast. From naming a business to buying a domain name to building your website for free, GoDaddy has you covered. For 40% off GoDaddy tools, click the link in the podcast note below and use the code GDXPEPTALK. See you next time, entrepreneurs. And remember, you're not alone.